Would you join me as we pray together the prayer for illumination? Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, the first chapter, verses 1 through 3. Hebrews, the first chapter, verses 1 through 3. In the past, God spoke through the prophets to our ancestors in many times and many ways. In these final days, though, he spoke to us through a son. God made his son the heir of everything and created the world through him. The son is the light of God's glory and the imprint of God's being. He maintains everything with his powerful message. After he carried out the cleansing of people from their sins, he sat down at the right side of the highest majesty. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let us pray. Almighty God, as we hear your word read and its meaning and message proclaimed, Father God, open our minds, our ears, our hearts, our hands, and our feet to receive what you have for us this day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Ideally, this morning, I could have brought in for our service a fingerprint expert, one who could explain to us all uh, the science behind a fingerprint. Now, we have known for more than 2,000 years now that the patterns that form fingerprints are unique. They're unique to each individual person. There are no two alike. Fingerprints are created around the 10th week of pregnancy, but they are defined by the 6th month of pregnancy. Fingerprints, if you will, are formed around the same time that the brain's neocortex is developed. And that is the part of the brain which controls emotions, and our cognitive abilities. And they too remain unchanged from when they form in the fetus until you die. Because regardless of any kind of damage that you sustain to your fingers, the skin always regenerates back into that original fingerprint that you were born with. And I think that's pretty amazing, but we weren't here today for a science lesson, are we? 
It's a good thing because I'm not a science teacher. But what in the world has this got to do with our scripture this morning? Well, these few verses tell us two things, two important things. The first thing that they tell us is about Jesus' oneness with his Father God. And the second thing is the importance of divine beings in our life. As one whose being compares exactly to his Father, Jesus accurately reveals our Father God. And that's pretty amazing when you stop and you think about it. Christ is the image of the invisible God. Christ is the image of the invisible God. He is the greatest image of God that we can have. Because in the person of Jesus Christ, we have the exact likeness of God. Theologian A.W. Pink says it this way, All that God is in his nature and his character is expressed and manifested absolutely and perfectly in the incarnate Son. As we go back to our text, if you know anything about the New Testament, all of the letters that are in the New Testament had a purpose when they were written and when they were addressed and sent to the churches from individuals, and normally they were addressing some type of issue, some kind of problem that was going on. And here in Hebrews, it is no different. You see, the believers here were struggling. Jesus hadn't returned like they had so expected that he would at that point. They themselves were being persecuted. Some were even drifting away from the faith and dropping out completely. You see, they were second-generation Christians. They were those who were not a part of that original passion and intensity and intimacy of the early movements of Christianity. Maybe they were those believers who are much like us. Those of us who are burned out, discouraged, Maybe even like some of us 
who have become apathetic to the causes of Christ. You know, we live in a time today that has been really like no other. Um, there are thousands of people who claim to be Christian and they have their names written on a church roll somewhere because that's going to look good on their obit, right? Ouch. But they never show up. They never give. And they never serve. In this world of constant, seemingly, violence, a lot of people who used to claim to follow Jesus Christ are losing heart. They're losing heart. And they're in danger of drifting away and dropping out. And unfortunately, as good and wonderful as the media is, hey, Balcony Church, sometimes it can get in the way because it keeps us from being here in the flesh, fellowshipping together, going through life together, and serving God together in person. But what Hebrews does here in the scripture, the writer is telling us and reminding us, if you will, to quit looking at the world. Quit looking at the conditions in the world. If we look for the bad, there's a pretty good guarantee that you're going to find the bad, right? But I dare you, I double dog dare you, to look for the good. Look for the positive. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I love the image from the scriptures that talks about Jesus being the very image of God's being. And when I think about that, it warms my heart. It gives me hope. It encourages me in the midst of all of everything that is going on in the world. And here in Hebrews, we are meeting Jesus in some pretty incredible healing ways. Because he is the very imprint of God's being. You see, Jesus shines a light on our path. He provides us with a way to shine up or polish that reflection of God that is inside each and every one of us. 
that was a most important thing for John Wesley, for the believers that followed him or that followed Christ and knew of his teachings to return and to restore that image of God that was inside each of them. And today is a pretty incredible day, if you think about it, because today is what is known as World Communion Sunday. Now, World Communion Sunday was a Sunday that was set aside for Christians to come together in the celebration and the remembrance of Holy Communion. So we join Christians across town, across the state, across the country, across the globe to sing, to speak, to preach, to teach, to lift our praises together to God. Being reminded of our connection to God and to each other and other believers around the world. We too can be invigorated in knowing that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the very imprint of God's being. And as that, and as a part of our hearts, he is sharing into us that image of God that we sometimes tend to reflect rather poorly. Today, through Holy Communion, or some faith traditions know it as the Eucharist, we are joining as fellow believers, participating together wherever we are in the taking of the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And we're lifting our collective praises to God. It's almost, if you will, a verbal Eucharist. A verbal Eucharist. I dare say the choir knows something about a verbal Eucharist. It's an offering of thanksgiving and praise that will be heard around the world, drawing each of us into God's very presence. Would you join me now? as we pray the Apostles' Creed in response to God's holy word here in Hebrews. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven 
and he sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Would you join me as we pray our pastoral prayer this morning? Let us pray. Most wonderful Father God, we are both pleased and humbled to come into your presence here in this place to worship you, to study your word, to give you thanks and praise, to give you our very selves in worship. And Father, we can only do that because of the assurance that we have as your children. Father God, we thank you for the, bless, for the blessings and the mercies that we have enjoyed at your hand this week. We thank you, Father, for prayers felt, prayers spoken, answers, Lord, both expected and unexpected. And Lord, we do indeed feel your presence with us. And Lord, as we draw together with Christians around the world, there are concerns on our heart, Lord. We lift up to you this morning Mary Thomas, who is suffering from broken ribs and will be having surgery on Thursday. Lord, we just pray a healing touch upon Mary. And Father, we thank you that someone loved her enough to bring her to your attention and ask for your help. Father, we lift up to you Ted Hicks this morning too. Ted is in the hospital with a persistent infection, Lord, and we just ask a healing touch for Ted Lord, we pray wisdom for his doctors that they may get to the root cause of what is causing this infection. And Lord, we pray peace for his family and comfort knowing that you are indeed working in his situation. Father, we lift Beth up to you this morning as 
She anticipates having this surgery on her thumbs. Father, we know that your surgeon is already preparing for this surgery. And Lord, your presence is being felt by Beth and Dwayne. And Lord, we know that you will be there in that operating room. And we give you thanks and praise for the result of this surgery tomorrow. Father, we lift up to you this morning the family of Tyler Holt. Father, Tyler is a cousin of Bobby Morthland who has passed away in the last few days. So we just pray, Lord, that you surround this family, comfort them, Lord, bring peace to their grieving hearts. May they feel the prayers that are being lifted up for them as they come together and grieve. Father, we lift up to you Richard Edel, nephew of Judd and Marion, who will be having a heart cath on Wednesday. And Lord, again, we're praying for answers that will help them to figure out exactly what's going on and why there is so much blockage. So be with Richard and the family. And again, Lord, we sing your praises as the work of your hands are revealed through the week. Father, for Deborah Harwell, who is sick, Father, and to also needs answers. Lord, we just pray that you travel with them as they go to the ER immediately following this service. Let them go in the confidence of being children of God, seeking answers. And Father, we pray that you honor these prayers. Father, be with those who are grieving this morning. And Father, who can't seem to move away from their grief, comfort them. Let them know that they are not alone. But even more importantly, Lord, help them to know that there's no timetable on grief. We each deal with grief differently, but Lord, you are with us all. For those prayer concerns, Lord, that we lift up in our hearts and can't seem to lift to our lips, you know those as well, Father God, and we offer them to you. Lord, thank you again for your mercy, your grace, your healing and the incredible love and sacrifice that was offered up for us through your son, Jesus. And it is in his name, Lord, that we pray this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> 